Hey guys, welcome to The Realist Podcast. Today we are gonna talk about one of my absolute favorite tools for personal growth, development, and just being your best self. And that is the Enneagram. So let's get into it. Hey guys. Okay, today we are gonna be talking about one of my absolute favorite things to talk about. Like I could talk about this forever and ever. And since this is a podcast, I'm going to do my very best to keep it kind of like short and sweet. And you know, that's why this is going to be kind of like a basic intro to the Enneagram. Um, I think I discovered the Enneagram, I don't know, year and a half ago, probably. And it you know, previously I was not someone who was really into personality tests and, you know, I just, I don't like to be put in a box, right? Don't try to put me in a box. I'm outside the box thinker. Um, and then I found the Enneagram and I remember being like, okay, well, what is this? Let's check it out. And I was blown away by how accurate it was. And then it, I just pretty much spiraled from there. Like I took it and then I was like, wow, this is really, you just called me out. And then I had my husband take it and his was freakishly accurate and he does not believe in any of that stuff. Um, and so I just kind of became slowly obsessed with it and really seeing it for a tool for growth. So if you don't know much about me, I'm very much a like best self, personal growth, personal development I'm obsessed with it. I've been on probably for the past, I don't know, almost four years, just on a journey of like, I just want to find my best self. I think it's something that you continue to grow into. Um, I don't, I don't think I really believe that it's like a final destination. Like, okay, I've done all the growth I've need. I'm good to go. I am perfect. Thank you so much. Um, I just, I think it's a journey that's going to keep going. And the more that we understand ourselves and the more that we understand the people around us and how they work, just like, the better we can be. And to me, the Enneagram is a tool for that. But I think it's really important to note what the Enneagram is not, is it is not something for you to learn about yourself and then use it as an excuse for why you are the way that you are. You know, it is truly a tool for growth. And I think that's why a lot of people um, can get kind of stuck with those personality quizzes because some people will take it and they'll be like, oh, okay, well, yeah, no, that's totally accurate. And that's just, that's how I am. I am who I am. And it's because I'm an Enneagram too that I'm like this. And it's like, no, no, no. The whole point of it is, you know, it helps you see your strengths. It helps you kind of understand why we do and act the way that we do in certain um in certain situations and circumstances. And then it allows you to kind of grow in it. So a really good example, I'm an Enneagram too. I'm very, very like, I'm very, very much a two. <laughs> there was no doubt that your girl was a two. I'm a two wing three. Um, and there are some things like one of the things about a two, and I will go over all of the numbers, but one of the things about a two is that twos really tend to, um, we are givers and I, I love doing for other people. I love giving. I mean, it is at the core of who I am. However, one of the downsides to being as a two is that sometimes I put those expectations on other people because I expect others to do for me what I would be willing to do for them. And when they're not, I get my feelings very, very hurt. And something, something that the Enneagram really taught me with that was like, Hey, you cannot expect everyone around you to do and act 
you know, and be the way that you are, you have to let those, those expectations go. And it was an adjustment for me. But once I figured that out, and once I kind of started putting that into practice, oh my gosh, you guys, so freeing, like so freeing. And it allowed me to kind of check, check myself in times where I felt myself starting to do that because I became aware of this habit that I had that wasn't the greatest habit. And once you're aware of it, that's where you can really start to create change and to do better. Um, and so I just, I honestly, I cannot say enough good things about just the the amount of growth that has come from discovering this and truly understanding the way that I work. And then, like I said, as well as the other people around me, I know my husband's number. So I know things that trigger him and I, I know um, things that might upset him sometimes. And I know that sometimes when he acts a certain way, that's just kind of that's kind of how he's programmed. And so I know better how to deal with him when he's, you know, being a certain way. There's times I'm like, babe, you're being a real eight right now. And he's like, okay, you're right. My bad. (laughs) So it's really helpful in relationships as well. Um, and I also fully believe like you guys, there's so many layers to this. I cannot possibly do all of the things with it in one podcast episode. Um, And so this is just going to be an intro, okay? Just a basic intro. I'll talk about the numbers, a brief description of each. I highly recommend, if you don't know your number yet, I recommend you finding your number first. Um, That way you kind of know what to pay attention to. And then I will throw out just some books, some, you know, there's like Instagram accounts I love to follow and just things that, so that you can get more and more um, familiar with it. If this is something that you're, you're kind of digging. And if you are someone who is like personality test, no, thank you. They're, you know, they're not legit, etc. Can I please just encourage you to come to this with an open mind and just be open to maybe giving it a try? Because that was very much a lot of people in my life. And then once I found the Enneagram, I was like, you guys, you guys, we have to take the test. And, you know, now everyone in my life knows their number. And, you know, we know better what the other, like one of my best friends, I know that she's a nine. So I know as a nine, what her insecurities are and what she needs from me. My husband's an eight. So I know what his insecurities are and what he needs from me. It's almost kind of like knowing someone else's love language. It allows you to just connect with the people in your life better. And honestly, like who doesn't want that? Okay, so let's jump into this. So some of you might have heard of the Enneagram. Maybe you're a little familiar with it. Maybe you took the test and you do kind of know your number, but you don't know anything beyond that, okay? But then there's going to be people out there who are like, what, what, Enya, what, what is that? And so it's basically, guys, it is a personality test, but it's based off of the idea that there are nine basic personality types. So it kind of, once you find out what your type is um, and you know your number, okay, one through nine, you are going to be able to get an idea of why you think and feel and behave in particular ways. And it's based off of like your core fears and your core desires. And I know it seems kind of insane that like nine, so there's nine basic personality types. You're saying everyone. And like, I am telling you this 1 million percent. I have never referred a friend to the Enneagram, had them take the in-depth test and had them had them come out of it. Like, here's my number. I read all about it and no, it's not accurate at all. Every person that I've referred this to has been like, wow, that's really crazy to me. So I very, very much believe in it. Um, but it is, it's just, it's, it's a powerful tool because it, it gives us an ability to 
kind of see our limiting beliefs, which I'm a really big fan of knowing what your limiting beliefs are so that you can get around them. So you can break past them and like do what it is that you're supposed to do. I also have this very, like my vibe is everybody has a purpose. Let's figure out what it is so we can like live life to the fullest. Um, So to me, the Enneagram kind of helps with that because it's going to help you break down those limiting beliefs and those behaviors that you maybe need to shift a little bit. Um, So you can kind of step into like your own personal empowerment, doing all the things. And our type basically comes from like how you fall into one category or the other. It's kind of how I explain it to people. When you are born, you are like this blank slate. You are a perfect balance of all of the numbers, one through nine. And then however you grow up, childhood experiences, um, they're going to push you and shape you into one of the nine numbers. And that is how you get your number. So I do not, um, I do not type like my kids. I can kind of see some tendencies, but they're still so young. They have so much more to experience. And I've heard, um, the experts say like, it is dangerous to try to type your children because if you say like, okay, Hey, you Titus, he's my middle child, Titus, you're definitely a two. And then I try to like tell him about being a two and what it's like. He's going to be, you know, what you tell your kids, that's what they tell themselves. So he's going to kind of shape himself into a two. And maybe that's not the number he's actually supposed to be. Um, So I do not type kids. I would say probably like 18 and up is when you could probably get a really good, um, a really good idea of what number they are. But it is just based off of the experiences that you have growing up. And it's going to kind of push and shape you into which number you're going to end up being which is really cool because I can actually finding my number and really understanding it. I can think back to experiences I had when I was younger and I can like, I can see it all unfold. I can understand why I have this belief right here. And it's because of these two or three incidents that happened when I was younger. So it make it like, I don't know, it's just, it all kind of connects and it starts to make sense once you really, really get into it. So let's get into the numbers. And like I said, if you don't know your number yet, I would say let's pause right here. And then I want you to go take the test and figure out what your number is. So you kind of know what to pay attention to. Um, The test that I always recommend to my people is on eclecticenergies.com. And you can just find the Enneagram test on there. Take the classic version. It is a little bit longer, but it is way more accurate. Now, when you are finding your number, there's a couple of things. You guys, the test it's a roadmap. Okay. So if you take the test and you get a result and you're like, that does not sound like me at all. Chances are, it's probably not you. Okay. Um, but it is, it's a really good place to start. And that's the test I just have found has given the best results as far as accuracy. Also, you need to make sure when you're taking the test, you are being like just the most honest that you possibly can. You know, there's like a, a two is actually the most mistyped number because questions like is helping other people at the core of your being. Everybody wants to say yes to that. Right. But that's not necessarily true. That doesn't mean if you're not a two, you won't help people or you don't enjoy helping people, but there's a difference between be willing to help other people who need it and having it be like at the center of you where you're constantly like, who can I help? Who can I help? Who can I help? Um, So just make sure you are being very, very honest in the questions. And if you have one that is a little challenging, ask someone close to you. So when I took the test, I had my husband with me and there were some where I'm like, I don't know. And I'd ask him and he'd be like, oh yeah, definitely not. And I'm like, oh really? Um, So I think it's helpful to kind of have someone that you can bounce bounce some of those questions off of if you feel like, I'm not really sure. Okay. So just make sure 
you are honest, eclecticenergies.com, take the classic version, and then you should get your number. And then you will also get um, your wing. And what a wing is, is like if you are a two, you can either be a two wing one or a two wing three. So you will basically take on some of the traits of the number on either side of you. You cannot be like a two wing seven. Okay. Like that's not a thing. <laughs> I've had people like, oh yeah, like two wing eight. I'm like, nope, that's that's, that's not it. That's not a real, <laughs> it's not a real one. Um, so it will tell you your number and then it will also tell you your wing. So then when you come back to listen to this, listen to your number and then listen also to the number that you have a wing from. Um, that way you can kind of get like, you know, a bigger picture. Also, it is so important to remember there is no right number. There is no wrong number. Okay. Everyone has strengths in their number and weaknesses. I, whenever I have these conversations, people are like, Oh, I don't want to be that number. I'm like, no, no, no. Don't look at it like that. Like you have some things that you can work on, but you also have these strengths that other people don't have. Okay. So make sure no right number, no wrong number. We good. All right. So number one is the perfectionist. The perfectionist is ethical, dedicated, and reliable. And they're motivated by a desire to live the right way, improve the world and avoid fault and blame. Now, their core fear, their their biggest fear, the thing that kind of like holds them back is being wrong, seen as bad, evil, or corrupt. Um, And their biggest desire is to have integrity, be accurate, um, virtuous, and right. Their core weakness is resentment. So that can come with repressed dissatisfaction that the world is not always fair. Okay, so ones are typically honest, inflexible, ethical, perfectionistic, um, critical, responsible, and purposeful. So you see you have a mix of good and bad, okay? And then your number can also manifest in a healthy way where you're just like, you're aware of the bad, but you're doing all that you can to like, you know, change it and change your habits, et cetera. Kind of like the medium way where you're just kind of like a little bit of both and then an unhealthy way. So like an unhealthy one would take on all the, the kind of the negative traits. They would be not flexible. They would be a perfectionist, but to the point of being critical, like overly critical of themselves and of other people. They would be very responsible, but almost in a way that they judged other people who were not as responsible as them. Okay. But if you, if you do find like, oh man, I feel like I might be kind of an unhealthy one. You guys, you can grow that. So don't take that as like, oh, I suck so much. I'm so awful. No, 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 no. Now you're aware of it. You're aware of some of these things. And now it gives you the opportunity to kind of grow and blossom into that that balanced one and then blossom even more into that healthy one. So an unhealthy one would be, you know, pretty judgmental that everyone else isn't, um, doesn't do things the way that they think that they should be done. And they're judging everyone harshly for it. Where a healthy one would have that standard for themselves, but they would understand that, hey, not everyone has that standard for themselves. And that is totally okay. And one of the things that I read about the one that truly made me understand them better is a one has this inner critic that is so loud, that is constantly telling them like, you are not like good is not good enough. You need to be the best. You need to be perfect. You need to strive for perfection. Um, And that's where a lot of that judgment um, comes in. And so for me, I'm a big believer, like compassion can change the world. And so when I kind of learned that and I was through reading about the numbers and just getting, you know, more into it, understanding, understanding that piece of it made me understand a one better. And, um, 
I feel like kind of when you understand the numbers better, it allows you to give grace to people that might come across as like, gosh, you're just so judgy and you're just trying to be perfect and no one's as good as you are. But then when you understand that it's because they have this inner voice that is telling them you are not good enough, it kind of makes you go, oh, well, that would be really hard. Like, you know, I feel for you. And is there anything I can do to help? So understanding the numbers, I think, can can help us um, have some compassion for the, the things that other people, other numbers tend to struggle with. Okay, on to a two. I know all the things about a two because that is me. <laughs> um, so the twos are the helpers. They are the most commonly mistyped number, which I, I think I said that already, but they're warm, caring, and giving and are motivated by a need, a very deep need, okay, to be loved and to be needed. So twos struggle to acknowledge their own needs. Um, when I was a when I was an unhealthy two, that very much was me. My needs were on the very back burner, which can create just a lot of unhealthiness. It made me feel like I needed to um, provide for other people so that they valued me. Um, it created a lot of resentment and unhappiness. And so it's not something that I struggle with actually at all anymore. I very much became aware of it and like, hey, I need my quiet time babe, I need you to take those children that I love so very much. And I need you to go do something with them because I need some quiet time to reset. And not something that I'm just very aware of, but there was a time where I definitely was not. And I didn't acknowledge my needs at all. And I was in a very like unhealthy place um, emotionally. Core fear for twos are being rejected and unwanted. The core desire is to be appreciated, loved and wanted. Yes. Appreciation. That is my thing. That is not, I just, I love doing for other people, but I need to be, I just need to thank you. I need to, hey, I see you. Thank you so much. And I'm good. Okay. Um, core weakness is pride. So twos often use their intuition. I totally do this. <laughs> use their intuition to discover what other people need so that we can be the person that gets to fulfill that need so that we can be appreciated. We can be seen as valuable and we can be thanked. And you guys, 1 million percent. I 1 million percent do that. But now that I'm aware that I do that, there's times where I found myself like, oh, I should do something nice for this person. And then I'm, and then, you know, I'm like, why, why, what makes me feel like I need to do that? And it is, it's because I want, I want them to see me as valuable. Um, and so that's something that I've kind of had to check. Now, don't get me wrong. I still do a lot of things for other people because I truly do love it. I love helping others. I love doing for other people, but I just need to check myself and make sure my motivation is purely out of the like goodness of my heart and not because I'm wanting them to tell me that I am valued. If that, um, if that makes sense. So twos are loving, possessive. Yes. Generous, manipulative. <laughs> when I first read manipulative, I was like, hold up, wait a minute. No, you didn't. Um, and then I kind of read into it and it just goes back to that, like doing for other people because you want them to value you and then doing for other people with somewhat the the underlying, I wasn't even aware of this, expectation that when when it needs to be reciprocated, like they're doing it for me. And I'm and you know, one once it called me out, I was like, okay, dang, maybe deep down that is what I do and I don't even realize it. Um people pleasing, warm hearted and empathetic. And your girl is an empath to the max. Like I need to learn to turn it down or turn it off sometimes or, or whatever. I am highly, highly, highly empathetic. Um, I choose to see it as like a superpower. It gives me a lot of intuition for certain things, but, uh, it is something I, I know I need to work on because sometimes I just, I get so wrapped up in other people's emotions. Um, but that is kind of like the two in a nutshell. 
Now I am a wing three. Okay. So I know a lot about the threes and I'm actually, I feel like I'm surrounded by threes. Some of my best friends are threes. Um, so three is the performer. They are success oriented, image conscious, and wired for productivity. They're motivated by a need to be, or to appear to be successful and they want to avoid failure. Core fear is failing to appear successful to, you know, in other people's eyes. Core desire is being admired, respected, successful, and valuable. And their core weakness is deceit. They can deceive themselves into believing that they are only the person or image that they present to other people. So the threes that I know, and some of these qualities I do have, like I do like I like other people to see me as being valuable, which is part of being a two, but also as being successful, but it's a wing and it's not, I'm not a full three because, um, and this is probably just because of the personal growth and development I've done. I've, I'm, I, my numbers manifest pretty healthy and that sounds like I'm bragging. I'm not, you guys, a lot, a lot of work just a few short years ago. I was a very, very unhealthy too, but I've done a lot of work to get in that, like, you know, getting the healthy side of things. Um, and so the, I don't feel like I need, I'm at a place in my life. I'm like, I don't need other people's approval. Do I still like it sometimes? Yes, I do. Do I love to be recognized for my accomplishments? Absolutely. But I do not feel like having other people tell me that you are great. You have achieved things that that's um, a core need that I need to feel valuable. And a lot of threes really, um, they struggle with that. They need everyone around them to see them as accomplished. And sometimes that, when you meet a three and they step into a room, a lot of them, and actually listen to this on another podcast talking about it, they, they start kind of bragging on themselves. So they can sometimes seem kind of caught up in themselves. Um, and it's not so much that it comes from a place of being a little insecure. Like they, they want to make sure that people think that they're valuable because if people don't think that, then they don't think that about themselves. And that is something I think understanding about a three can take it from, Oh my gosh, all she's doing is sitting here bragging about how wonderful she is to, Oh, she's bragging about how wonderful she is because she doesn't feel that in herself. And she, she needs other people to kind of affirm that in her. Um, if that makes sense. So they are ambitious, they are competitive, energetic, charming, um, always on, which is a th- which is totally a thing. My I definitely have that wing where if I'm in a crowd, I'm on. Like I am charismatic, I am charming everyone. But I tell you what, when I leave that room <laughs> and I get home and I'm by myself, I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm so tired. It, I mean, it is draining to be on. Um, so as a wing, I definitely know how to turn it on, but then Sometimes I have to turn it off and be by myself so that I can totally um, recharge. But I mean, they're called the performer or the achiever. So it is. Those are those are your go getters that are constantly trying to do things and all that. But just part of the part of what comes with that is the downside of feeling like outside of what they've done and what they achieve. Like, what do they really have to offer? And that's where the real work for a three begins, understanding that outside of what you achieved, you're amazing just for who you are. It is not based on the trophies, the medals, the um, the rewards, et cetera, et cetera. Okay, on to fours, which is the romantic. Um, also, when you look up these numbers, some of them are called different things. I'm just... I'm just going off the ones that I use. <laughs> um, so the romantic is actually, the, so four is actually the least common type in the world. They are creative, sensitive, and moody and are motivated by the need to be understood, experience their oversized feelings and avoid being ordinary. 
their core fear is being inadequate, insignificant, emotionally cut off, and flawed. Their core desire is being unique, special, and authentic. And their core weakness is envy, feeling that something is flawed in them and that they sort of lack a special quality that someone else might actually possess. So they're self-aware, imaginative, expressive, highly, highly sensitive, somewhat self-absorbed, temperamental, and intuitive. Um, so I know I know two fours like that I know of that I am like, oh yeah, you're definitely a four. Um, and I feel like for the fours, like they're definitely, there's no doubt about, <laughs> there's no doubt about their number. Um, and here's, so here's the cool thing. And like I said, there's so many different layers to the Enneagram. I, I don't want to get like way too deep into it and have people leaving this like, wait, what? Um, so you have your number, okay? One through nine. And then you have your wing. And remember the wing is one of the numbers on either side of your number that you take some of those qualities as well. Then we also have the two numbers that you take on in an unhealthy like an unhealthy stage and then a healthy stage. So perfect example. And when you're looking at the Enneagram, you can actually see it. Um, so you can like look up the Enneagram in it, image and you can see the arrows. So as a two, when I'm in an, un in an unhealthy, you know, my mind's just, things aren't going well. All right. I'm, let's say I'm really stressed out. I'm unhappy. Um, that would be, you know, mentally I'm in an unhealthy place. I take on the negative qualities of an eight. Now the eight, we haven't gotten to that, but the eight is the challenger. All right. So I become uh, very defensive. I become kind of mean. I yell at people. I don't want to hear what anybody else has to say. Um, I become kind of bitchy essentially. All right. Um, but on the flip side of that, when I'm in a very healthy, like things are going great, I'm, you know, I've got these dreams and I'm living them out and I'm loving life. I take on the healthy qualities of a four. And you guys, I mean, a lot of you don't really know me well, but th this is very much true. So the qualities that I take on from the type four is creative sensitive, um, but like to me, sensitive in a very, in a, in the good way. Um, I am very comfortable being in my feels. So like experiencing oversized feelings, I'm comfortable right there. But I'm like, you know what? I'm just having a lot of feelings right now. I'm going to sit down. I'm going to turn on some ocean sounds. I'm going to process it. That doesn't make me uncomfortable. I'm like, I'm here for it. Let's do it. Um, but I did. And the idea of like, I don't want to be ordinary. I don't want to be, um, insignificant. I use that as a drive for myself. Like I just believe everyone has so much potential and they have a purpose and they have this thing that they're supposed to be doing. So the idea of like, I don't want to be insignificant and I don't want to be ordinary. That does not make me sad. That excites me. Cause I'm like, I don't have to be, I don't have to be insignificant or ordinary. I'm made to do really, really big things. And that actually kind of, um, it kind of drives me. And I do have those desires of being unique and authentic, like being real and authentic is my number one. I have people in my life who, especially as I grow my podcast and I grow, um, you know, Instagram and my influence and all of the things like I have people, I specifically, you check me. If you see me getting caught up in the Instagram game, trying to be perfect, like you call me out and you remind me that I'm supposed to be authentic. I'm supposed to be real. If you follow me on Instagram, like I'm on there 99% of the time, hanging out in my bathrobe with like a messy bun 
you know, no makeup, no nothing like authentic and real is it is it is a very important thing for me. Um, and I know that a lot of that comes from being a four. You know, I'm very self-aware and not perfect at it by any means, but the as a four, they are just highly self-aware. And that is a quality that I have, I've seen myself take on. Um, so that's kind of cool. That's a cool thing too. I mean, you guys, all the numbers, they're, they're connected. That's why you have a wing. You have the, the qualities that you take on over here and the qualities you take on over there. Um, but the coolest thing for me is when someone gets into this and they find their number and they find their wing and they find their negative traits that they take on, they find the positive and they're like, oh my gosh, this is all like freakishly accurate. That's my favorite when I get those messages like this is so accurate. How is this real? <laughs> um, and they don't truly know exactly where the Enneagram came from. It just in the last, I don't know, maybe 10 plus years, it's just kind of resurfaced, I feel like. And now it, it just kind of became trendy and people started using it again and, you know, using it as a way to learn about ourselves, learn about other people, and for me, it's all about like becoming my best self, understanding the people around me so that I can love them better, do better and be better. Now, I did warn you guys that your girl can talk. So I knew I probably wouldn't be able to fit all of the goodness into one episode. So we're actually just going to make this a two-parter. So if you jump on over to the second half of this, I'm going to pick up right where I left off. We're going to finish talking about the rest of the numbers. And then I will share some resources with you guys for anyone who's truly interested in all of this and wants to learn a little bit more. So I'll see you guys over on part two.